Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. And today we are going to challenge the issue of standing out amongst the crowd. How to actually create a brand that represents you perfectly. We live in this world where everyone goes on about personal branding. It's a bit of a buzzword at the minute, but actually brand is just brand. And I think with this age of social media that we live in, with the age of being able to create your own content and find your own voice in your own niche. I think that branding for you as a small business person is more important than ever. So that, as I said, that's the issue that we're going to challenge today. And I'm going to welcome to the show today someone that has done that so, so, so effectively, so, so well. Someone with such an infectious personality and a fantastic brand over at purseprocess.com. Danielle Watson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's such a pleasure to be here. This is a really curious topic. We were talking in the pre-interview chatter that we've not really touched on this. We have talked personal branding to a degree, but never in this depth. So I'm really looking forward to digging in. But before we do that, Danielle, what is purseprocess.com? What is it that you actually do? Well, the purse process began as a fun little experiment in whether or not I could identify my ideal client by looking through her handbag. It's actually based on my background in anthropology and archaeology, and it uses three basic principles of archaeology to look through the mountain of data that I see when I look through a woman's handbag and to extract information out that's relevant to what's going on in a woman's life at any moment in time. But the real insight behind the process is not that I can look through a woman's handbag and help her help her understand herself better or solve problems, but that I can apply tried and true principles of archaeology to any collection of items or thoughts or even ideas and help bring out information that is sort of written between the lines that other people are not able to see. And I created this process because Well, the world's most famous archaeologist is Indiana Jones. I'm sure sure we've all heard of him. And if you ever see a photo or a video of me, I'm a pint-sized woman in a dress. And so I had to find a way to make my skill set and my background in anthropology and archaeology work for me, somebody who's a girly girl. That is a very, very curious thing to do for a living. I really like that. I really, really like that. And when I was reading the bio and I've looked at the purseprocess.com, I was thinking to myself, I've genuinely never seen anyone pitch themselves like this. I think it's fantastic. And that's that's what I really want to dig into. How did you actually arrive at that? Because that, that, whilst it seems very obvious, obviously knowing you and talking to you, that must have been quite a challenge to get to that. You know, it really was. And I'd love to say that I sat down with a worksheet and I filled in a bunch of information. And when I was done, it was just so clear and obvious that this is what I was meant to do with my life and the reason that I was born. But it actually didn't happen that way. Um, I was working on building another brand and another business, struggling through it, slogging through it, trying to make it work, feeling inside like this wasn't really the thing, but maybe it was the next thing. And 
So at some point, I just got really frustrated and tired of trying to do it all myself. And I decided to hire a copywriter to help me put together all the copy for my website. And in the process of that interview, she asked me the question that pretty much every entrepreneur I speak to hates to be asked. And that is, how will you identify your ideal client? And I don't know about you, Mark, or our listeners, but when somebody asks me a question I don't really want to answer, I will answer with sarcasm. Oh, I do that too. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great way to sort of get somebody off your back. So uh, when she asked me that question, I said, well... I could look through her purse. And and I was mostly joking, Um, even though I knew it was true somewhere deep inside of me. I knew that was true. I I was giving her a flippant answer, thinking that let's move on to something else because this is a really hard and hard question to answer. And I don't have an answer for you. But instead of just brushing me off, she let that answer land in her. And she said to me, well, tell me more about that. And so I started to explain to her how when I look at people's things or when I speak to them and I hear the different ideas that come out of their mouth, it starts to form a picture in my mind of who they are and starts to bring up solutions to problems they're having. And I see relationships and connections between things that other people don't see. And so she immediately took photos of her bag and the the contents of her bag, emailed them over to me. I gave her an analysis. And she just she was blown away by what I was able to pull out of that very small amount of information and mostly junk (laughs) and 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 mirror back to her what some answers that she needed. So once I had done that first purse process, I kind of started getting other women to let me look through their bag, asking random people, getting some looks like, are you about to rob me? What's going on here? (laughs) But luckily, I'm pretty non-threatening looking. So I was able to get a lot of research subjects. And I, I did this for women all over the world. I had women um, send me photos through email or text message. And I, and I did this analysis process. And out of that, I realized that I could see the patterns super easy. You know, any expert, once they've made their discovery, it's super easy for you to see it. You can identify it immediately. But what I knew was that for this work to matter and to actually make a difference in the world and help people, I needed others to be able to see what I see when I look in handbag. And so I created four what I call purse process personality archetypes or personas. And I gave them cute names so that they'll be easy to remember, like Dumpster Debbie and Vanishing Veronica. And so people can self-identify, you know, which um, cycles and patterns that they're falling in. Not so that you can measure yourself and find yourself coming up short and where you're lacking, but so that you can see what's true about you so you can choose freedom. Wow. And all that from a flippant comment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got my destiny out of sarcasm. <laughs> I love that. That's really, really good. And the one thing I want to just pull out of that is that obviously we are now flippantly talking about the flippant comment, but you know, that set you off on a bit of a path. How did you arrive very specifically? How did you arrive at this kind of brand that you've got? And what I mean by that is when did it feel like all the pieces fell together and you could say, well, look, this is me. 
Yeah, the pieces really fell together when I found the confidence to just share what I knew about myself. I have a great deal of self-awareness and I think a lot of entrepreneurs either do or are developing a great deal of self-awareness. And so I knew who I was. I knew that I didn't fit in. I knew that being a pint-sized anthropologist in a dress was not what people expected. But all, all the missing piece was to have the confidence to stand up and say, you know what, this is who I am. And not only am I okay with it, but I love it. And that is, I think, a missing piece for a lot of people out there in any walk of life, whether it's business or anything else, is finding the confidence to just be who you know you are. And if you don't know who you are, to take the journey to find out. Yeah, I really, really like that. And I think so many people like for example, when I'm interviewed on, on on podcasts or on radio or whatever, someone and someone says, you know, what's the biggest takeaway that you can give people? Invariably, it is just be yourself. But, yeah. I mean, so many people, especially a millennial generation, you know, so many people really struggle with that because they they try and fit into the boxes that we've traditionally been asked to fit into, and until you get out of that mindset, you can't ever ever find your own true voice, which ultimately becomes your brand. You know, branding is much more than just visuals. It's much more than just a logo and, and, and the color scheme. It's, it is about that voice, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think where a lot of people get hung up is they think they have to come up with something that is just completely new from top to bottom. But when you look at my brand, it's not really new. It's just positioning things in a way that no one's done before. And I think we get overwhelmed this, by this idea that we have to reinvent the wheel when really we don't. There, You know, that saying that there's nothing new under the sun, it's pretty much true. It's just a matter of recombining facts or information in a way that makes them pop. That's a really, really, really good point because I think when you, especially if you're around branding or if you're around kind of even things like new media, so podcasting or blogging or video, so many people are saying the same thing, but it's the fact that they're saying it with their own personal angle, their own life experience, their own personality, their own confidence, and they're delivering it in a way that appeals to someone who frankly wouldn't like it if I said it. You know, it's, it's this idea that you can not necessarily repurpose and repackage things, but yeah, recombine things in a different way and it yep. will suddenly click for someone that it didn't click with previously. Is that, I mean, that's a fair assessment, isn't it, of how things are now? I would agree. Yeah. That's really curious, really curious. So let's just pick up on branding for a second then. We talked about it just ever so slightly a moment ago, but with your audience, with everything that you're doing, what does branding actually mean to you, Danielle? What is branding? To me, branding is a signature that weaves throughout everything you do from how you speak, how you dress, the colors you choose, the way you present yourself, where you present yourself. All of that needs to be in alignment with your brand and helps define it. I love that. I think it's it's so important. Everything, even right down to how you dress. I think people sometimes forget that, don't they? They think, well, I've got a nice, you know, traditionally thinking, I've got a nice logo. I'll stick that on everything. That's me done. Yeah. Which is not quite right because when you think about it, and you might get this, do you find that social media is, 
is kind of driving the way that you are? Do people expect you to be a certain way on social media? You know, what I love about social media is that because I have the self-awareness and confidence to share who I really am when I meet people who I've had a relationship with in, on social media in person, they say, you are exactly the way I expected you to be. And that is a powerful brand. I love that. That's really, really, really interesting. And Let's just dig a bit further into into more niche the more niche side of things because obviously you operate in a very specific niche area. How important is branding when you're trying to find your own niche? You know, you're not trying to be a generalist. You're actually operating in a very narrow space. A lot of people would assume that just because you're operating in this narrow space, you probably don't have to put as much focus on your branding. Is that is that true or is that just not quite right? You know, that's an interesting question. I think that people get overwhelmed by this idea of niche. And if you really think about it, there is no one in the entire universe who can do what you do in the exact way that you do it. And so if you remember that, you can ratchet down that feeling of pressure and needing to niche yourself. You absolutely do. You need to be clear on expressing what it is you do and how you do it. And really the flavor of what you do, I think, is really the key to creating a memorable niche. But I do think that people spend too much time worrying about creating a niche and not enough time expressing who they are. Yeah, I agree with that. And why do you think people don't have the confidence? It's one thing that I'm really curious about because I see it so often. I don't know the answer. Why Why do you think people don't have the confidence to just be themselves and put themselves out there as a brand? Well, there can be many reasons for that. But the the common denominator that I notice is that we don't really see how amazing we actually are and how unique we are. A lot of times somebody's told us, you know, hey, you're not special. But most of the time, it's just that we don't see how special we are. We don't see how unique what we're doing is and the, the way we do it makes it automatically special. And so one of the tips I like to give people is to ask other people what's interesting, memorable, or even annoying about you. (laughs) Not because you want to have other people inform you of who you are, but because when someone speaks truth to you, you recognize it. You feel it in your gut. That is really curious. I I like that point. I really like that point. And that's something I would have never really considered doing just going out there and putting yourself out there and being, I guess that's something that's, that makes you really vulnerable. You know, if you're not used to this, if you kind of, if you've got, I wouldn't say confidence problems, but if you're kind of just on the edge of putting yourself out there as a person, as a brand, as a blogger, as some kind of online business person or some kind of bricks and mortar business person, if you're just on the edge of that, that's quite a vulnerable position to be in to just say to people, okay, what do you think of me, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. I mean, and vulnerability is a huge issue. But the thing is, do you really want to spend years wondering what might have been if you'd put yourself out there or just put yourself out there and fall flat on your face, fail and get yourself back up and try something else? (laughs) You know, the pain of, of dragging along, trying to sort of make something work, but afraid that it won't, um, I can guarantee you is worse than finding out that your idea is terrible and nobody wants it and just moving on to something else. 
There's a, a quote on my gym wall, actually, which is the pain of regret is greater than the, sorry, the pain of regret is greater than the pain of failure. And I, yes. I, it's like, I don't know where they've pulled that from, like out of a fortune cookie or something, but it, re- it really kind of works, you know, for that. Yeah, that's such a beautiful, succinct way of saying it. I love it. It really is. It doesn't help me when I'm at the gym. All I want to do is not look at anything and leave and go home. But it's so it's not it's not inspirational in that sense. <laughs> it's not good. But I think that's really curious. The idea of this vulnerability. And for me, I think we live in this world where, you know, m- many people now are finding their own voice, aren't they? Now finding out that they can blog, they can podcast, they can put videos on YouTube and gain some kind of following. And it's back to that branding idea. You know, it's really important from the outset to create some kind of brand. And that's not to say that you need to spend a fortune creating high concept graphics. It's about finding your tone. So how, in the early days with the purse process, did you do anything around finding your own tone of voice, specifically around, you know, how you talk to people, how you write, the kind of communications that you put out there? That is a great question. You know, when I was first starting out, what I did was I I said what I thought people wanted to hear. (laughs) And then I realized that that didn't feel very good. And actually, it was more important that I felt good about what I was saying than it was what I thought they were going to think about what I was saying. And so I noticed that as I started just communicating with people as human beings rather than potential clients or somebody who would or would not like my brand, I started relaxing and then I was able to take note of what I was saying that people were responding to. And so when I found that somebody's eyes lit up or they leaned into me or they showed interest or they asked questions, you know, I made a little note of what I expressed the idea or if maybe I told a certain joke or something like that. And I, and I kept that. And then I noticed what sorts of things I said that people didn't respond to. And I just quit saying them. Well, that's really curious. The, the mindfulness of that is really, really inspiring. The idea that you obviously took that apart and started to take note of what you were doing that was working and what wasn't working. I think you're absolutely right because I think a lot of people kind of come up with this contrived tone of voice because you're absolutely right in what you're saying. They believe that people want to hear things in a certain way, especially in the arena that excellence expected sits in this small business entrepreneurial Mm. kind of niche, if you like, people really feel as if they should be talking in a certain way because other people have had great success with that and stripping back all of that rubbish and just being yourself that at its core forms the essence of your brand, doesn't it? It does. And what people don't realize, you know, they see people who've created a great deal of success being a certain way. The connection that's missing there is people don't realize that that person had success doing it that way because that is who that person genuinely is. And that you can create the same level of success by just following your own pattern, your own inner instincts, your own expression of who you are. Yeah, you've got to believe in your own your own conscious thought, if you like. You know, it's not taking what you believe to be right or what you want to say and then layering it on, on top of what other people say or just following the trend and so on and so forth. I think that's so powerful. And I think a lot of people that just get into this kind of process, so if you're selling an online service or if you wanting to create a tone of voice for a blog or for a podcast, I think so many people fall into that trap of just saying, well, yeah, all right, I just want to copy this person. 
And the minute that you stop doing that is the minute that things just genuinely get better for you. So I think that's a really challenging obstacle for a lot of people. And I, I guess it probably comes back down to the confidence thing. Yeah. And I would agree with you that, you know, the minute you stop copying somebody else's, the minute things take off. But I also want to put in this caveat that if copying someone else or doing nothing at all are your options, <laughs> mentally, those are your options. Go for the copying somebody else until you figure out what you're doing and you find your voice. Because I'd much rather have you take what somebody else is doing and try to mimic it than sit at home twiddling your thumbs or stressing about, you know, how can I make this perfect? Just get moving in the direction of putting something out there and you'll find your way. I really, really like that. That is a really well articulated way of saying just get off your backside and get things started. <laughs> I really, really like that because I've never thought about it in that context. The idea that if those are your two options, then okay, copy someone else. It's all right because you will find your way later on. You'll figure out what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, what works, what doesn't work. So that that is a really, really good point. Really, really like that. And actually, that brings us to the famous excellence expected actionable takeaways section. So Danielle, what we're going to do is we're going to go through your three actionable tips to help people begin to stand out, begin to find their voice, begin to create a brand that represents them perfectly. So actionable tip number one, please. All right. So look at the whole of your life experience and use juxtaposition of conflicting experiences or circumstances to create something the world has never seen before. And you saw that today in my brand. I'm a girly anthropologist. Anthropology and archaeology are generally thought of as a dirty, masculine sort of field. You put those two together and you have something the world has never seen before. That is a really solid point, really solid point. And I guess you'd have to dig deep for this because especially looking at that kind of juxtaposition and the conflicting experiences that people may have in their life that they perhaps haven't necessarily addressed. You know, they may not see that there's an opportunity at the intersection of these two opposing things. And, you know, it was that, we talked about this in the early stages of the interview, but was was that something that came naturally for you? You know, when you were in the early days and you'd done the interview, you'd had the flippant chat and suddenly there was something there. Was it something that you were confident moving forward with because it felt so opposing? You know, I was because the enthusiasm behind it, it just felt so natural and like, this is the right thing. But I have to say before that moment of realizing that, ah, this is the thing, um, I had a lot of shame around having spent tens of thousands of dollars to get this advanced degree in anthropology that I was not using. And so I would encourage people to look for things that maybe you are a little bit ashamed of, but if you could find the right way to use them might become, you know, your incredible golden ticket to an amazing life. That is a really curious piece of advice. I like that. I like that a lot. We'll get that in the show notes. And let's move on to actionable tip number two, Danielle. So build your brand around what excites you and lights you up. You know, I love things that are girly. And so I could have chosen anything to apply these principles of archaeology to. But I get excited about getting to know women on a really intimate level really quickly. And I like handbags. And so it was the perfect way for me to design my brand. <laughs> 
Yeah, why not? You've got to have some passion for it. You've got to dive in. I mean, you're going to be doing this every day, theoretically, for as long as you want to do it. So you've got to get excited about it. So I like that. Build your brand around what lights you up. And the third and final actionable tip, please. Craft your gig to support indulging in the things you love or would do anyways. And I give this tip because man, creating a brand is going to be work. There's no two ways about it. But if you're crafting it around things that you love to see or things that you love to do or places you like to be or people you like to be with, it's going to feel a lot more flowing. It's going to feel like you're working from inspiration rather than motivation. It's just going to be so much easier and way more fun. (laughs) <laughs> the the thing that I really like about that is the idea that you're going to do these things anyway. So why not build something around them? That I think that is something that doesn't come up enough, not only when you're talking about branding, personal branding, but also online entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurialism. Traditionally, the most successful people love what they do every single day. And if you're going to do it anyway, then you may as well try and earn some money from it and have a good time doing it. So I really, really like that. That's really, really, really useful. And that has been a fantastic episode, Daniel. Thank you so, so much for that. And what I'd like to do just before we wrap up is if you could just tell the listeners where they can connect with you online, please. Absolutely. You can find me at purseprocess.com or on Facebook slash purseprocess. I would love to hear from you. Check it out, guys. It really is a fantastic site. I've been over there myself to purseprocess.com and the brand, the feel of it, the personality, everything that Danielle puts into this interview comes out over at that site. So please do check it out. It will be well worth your time. Danielle, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Mark. And listen, guys, remember everything that myself and Danielle have spoken about today will be available over at excellence-expected.com. And whilst you're over there, you can actually pick up a brand new ebook, the five Twitter sins that are destroying your... I can't speak. I must stop drinking before the interviews, Danielle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave this in just so it shows that we're human. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) No, but you should head over to excellence-expected.com. As I say, there is a new ebook on there, the five Twitter sins that are destroying your credibility and how to stop them today. And that is free. So check it out. You'll enjoy it. And don't forget, guys, until next time, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios. Adios.